All right, let's all stand, please. First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7. From the NIV, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. You may be seated. Would you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, put that work in. Now, if you would, please, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, amen. Let me take a moment to give a shout out to Meech and thank him for his awesome word on last Sunday. Come on, let's give it up for him. Don't think for one second, I forgot what your assignment is. Your assignment was to memorize 2 Peter 1 and 3. Uh -huh, Y'all was hoping I was going to keep going. I need somebody. Somebody. Come on up. Angel did it last week. Want to give a shout out to Angel? Young person got up here and did the verse. Uh huh. Service can't go on until somebody come up here. Y'all think I'm joking. I ain't playing. Come on, sister woman. Come on up here. They happy as can be you came up here. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because they sweating. <laughs> Come on over here. 2 Peter 1 and 3. What does it say? By his divine grace, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Uh, coming to know him by his call, by, we are coming to know him, I'm nervous. <laughs> Watch this, because you got up here, I'm going to help you. No, no, don't help me. Don't help you. No. I'll get started. Well, we ain't got all day, you know, you're going to have to hurry up. Come on, look here. I'm going to do it quick. We have, God, <laughs> he has given us, a, look, by his divine power, he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received this by coming to know him by means of his uh, glory and marvelous glory and excellence. And that's from the NLT version, 2 Peter 1st 1 and 3. Yeah, give it to her. Come on. Fantastic. Y'all clapping because she came up here. That's why y'all clapping. Thank you, Sister Womack, please. Because y'all know I don't play when it comes to these scriptures. I, I laugh and joke, but I don't play when it comes to y'all needing to memorize scripture. You know why? Because you might not always have a Bible when the enemy's chasing you. You might not always have your phone available. You, you got to be able to give the spirit something to work with. 
And what the Bible says is that the spirit will bring things back to your memory. So the reason why we recite memory verses and we study them is so that in times of need, when life be lifing, the spirit can go back into the well and pull out a verse that you already studied that can help keep you calm so you don't lose your job. That's what the spirit does, right? And so y'all repeat after me because y'all going to get this at some point. This is NIV. Y'all repeat after me with some feeling too. His divine power, His divine power has given us, has given us everything, we need. everything we need. Everything we need. Everything we need. Everything we need. For a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, that's only two sentences. Y'all learn songs faster than this. I asked y'all back in January to memorize two sentences. Let the OJs come on. Let Mays come on. He was just here. You know every stanza. Is it that hard to know two verses? By his divine power, he has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. The theme for this year is what? And the reason why the theme is power to the people is because I spent January, and now I'm spending today, trying to convince you and show you biblically what you already have. I spent a whole month trying to get you to change the way you think. Because for so many of us, we operate from a position of lack, a position of weakness, and a position of, I got to go get. And I showed you from the Bible three different places in January where God has already told you, when you come to me, you don't have to chase. When you come to me, you are not lacking. When you come to me, you are sufficient because I gave it to you. Now, as a quick study of the New Testament, will discover a lot of authors of the New Testament, writers of the books. There are 27 books in the New Testament. However, there are four primary authors of the New Testament, ones that wrote most of the New Testament. You can whittle it down to four people. Luke wrote the most. He wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. You have Peter. I just told you what Peter said. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Third person is Paul. Paul said in Ephesians 3, which I preached, um, 3, 20 and 21, that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, or even imagine. How is God going to do this? According to the power that works in us. 
that God wants to do great things in your life with what you already possess. Then John is the last of the four. So you got Luke, you have Peter, you have Paul, and you have John. John, I shared with you in 1 John 4 and 4, it says that uh, you have overcome them, the hand of the enemy. How did you overcome them? Because greater is he that is than he that is what? So then why do we walk around talking about how the devil is doing this, that, and the third when what you have is stronger than the devil? I am spending time trying to reconstruct your thought process about how you see God, but also how you should see yourself. Because right now, you are more powerful than you realize. And what happens is that we are still fixated on the external things that happen to us. So I get caught up in the bill. I get caught up in the sickness. I get caught up in the divorce. I get caught up in all the issues that go on with life, and we feel powerless. But let me help you understand. We can't always control what happens to us. But we have the power to control how we respond to it. And if you go into a hole behind some of these things, it's because you are choosing to do it. Not because you don't have power, but because you are making a choice like you used to do before you got saved. That when life hits hard, I just fold. And when life hits hard, I just go into a shell. And I go on an island. And I stop talking to everybody. But you got power now. And the power that you have gives you the ability to face whatever comes your way. That doesn't mean it won't hurt. It doesn't mean you won't cry. It doesn't mean you won't grieve, but you got the power to deal with it. So this is what I want to explore today. I want to take that verse again. 2 Peter 1 and 3 says, For his divine power has given us what? So that means there's no lack in what we have. But here's the key. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Stop. He did not say you have everything you need for a materialistic life. He did not say you have everything you need for a money life, a fame life, a fortune life a best job life. You have everything you need right now today for a godly. Which raises the question, is this what you want? Because a lot of saints or a lot of church people don't necessarily want a godly life. What a lot of people want is for God to co-sign their stuff. And then when God chooses not to co-sign your stuff, then people walk away from the church. 
So if you want to make church meaningful and beneficial, the first thing you got to ask yourself is, is this really what I want? Do I want a godly life? That's what's on the table. He said, nothing about money. He said, nothing about your clothes. Nothing about where you dress or live. None of that's on the table. You have everything you need right now to live a godly life. Is that what you want? Because if not, the church really ain't going to work for you. It's just not. Because then what you want God to be is your genie. You want to rub a landing three times and hope and pray that whatever you ask for, he's going to give to you. This ain't coming to America. Whatever you like. He ain't hopping on one leg and barking like a dog. Come on, y'all. So now, the question that we got to ask ourselves is, if God has already given us everything we need for a godly life, then saints of God, what does it mean to be godly? Real quick, before we put it up on the screen, answer the question to somebody next to you. What, what does it mean? Don't look at me. Look at the person next to you. What does it mean? That's what's on the table. What does it mean to be God? Time's up. God says, here's the offer on the table. This is the good news. I, the moment you got saved, the moment not that you joined the church, the moment you really gave your life to me, not only did I forgive you of all your sins, not only did I sanctify you and set you apart, not only did I give you a destination and glory, but I equipped you day one with everything you need to be godly. Now the question is, what does it mean to be godly? Well, you can put that on the screen now. The word godly in this text um, is eusebia. It's the Greek word called eusebia. Say it with me, please. Eusebia. And what eusebia means is appropriate beliefs and devout practice to God. Let me say that again. Godly here means appropriate beliefs and devout practice to God. Well, we don't use the word devout either. When the last time you used the word devout, what you going to do, man? I'm about to devout this thing, man. I don't know what I'm about to do. You don't use that either. So devout means a deep commitment to God. So now let's put it all together. By his divine power, he has given us everything we need to deeply believe in his word and to deeply be committed 
to the practice of honoring him. That's what he gave you. I gave you everything you need to be deeply committed to me. And if you are deeply committed to me, it will show up in how you live. So the question then is, well, why should I be devoted to God? That's what's on the table now. Well, the reason why he gave you everything up front was because he knew that even though you were going to get it up front, that did not excuse you from having trial and problem and challenge. But what he gave you in being believing in him and deeply committed to him is what's going to help you as you go through it. So when I go through sickness and I'm deeply believing in God and the power of God, then I know that what his word says is that by his stripes, I'm already healed. Therefore, I'm trusting by faith in the healing power of God, not just what the doctor tells me. This is what it means to be God. That when all hell breaks loose, I ain't falling apart. Because I got a God that works in me. That gives me the strength. Because I'm so committed to what God is doing that I ain't leaving God for nothing. And I don't care what happens. I don't care what comes my way. When Job lost everything, he said, though they slay me, yet will I still trust in him. That's where God wants us to be because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was dealing with stuff, but he still was deeply committed to God. He deeply believed in God. And even though he had to go to the cross and even though he had to die, he still trusted God that three days later, by his divine power, he has given you and I everything we need to deeply believe that no matter what comes my way, God got me. That's what he's offering you. This is what's on the table. So now how then do I become this deeply committed? How then do I come this way to believe like this because if I have it right now many of us aren't there yet so how do I get from what I have to where I need to be y'all with me this is first Timothy where I am today in first Timothy chapter 4 I'm going to give you the context first I read verses 7 through 10 in verses 1 through 6 Paul is talking about what happens or what's going to happen in latter days. What he says in verses 1 through 6 is that you have to understand that there will be some who will abandon the faith because they have chosen to listen to deceitful people who don't know the truth. And isn't it interesting that we see that playing out today? 
There are more people or less people going to church today than ever before. There are less people today that identify as Christian than ever before. You have more people today that identify as atheist. A means without. Theist, theos, which means God. When you say someone's an atheist, that means they don't believe in God at all. You have more people today that are atheists in our country than ever before. And then you also have more people in our country that are agnostic, A is again without gnostic is greek for gnosis which means knowledge so you have people who don't believe in god at all or who don't believe they have the knowledge to understand god at all you have more people today than ever before in the history of our country and paul just said it right here they're going to be some who leave the faith because they've been caught up in false teaching and deceitful practices and we see that playing out today because it's all over social media and how did Paul describe it in his day? In verse 3, he says there's two ways that you see all this false teaching that's causing people to move away from the church. In verse 3, he says the first way is that they are forbidding people to marry for whatever reason. And then there are certain foods that people cannot eat. So he says marriage and how certain foods, uh, these false teachers are telling all these folks, mixing up people's minds, messing them up, causing all kinds of confusion, and they are abandoning the faith. And in verse 6, he says, he says, but you who are children of God, if you do well to teach others the truth, you will be seen as a minister, a true servant of the Lord God. In other words, somebody got to stand up to this mess. Somebody got to stand up to these lies. Somebody got to stand up and say, this ain't right. That this is not what the word of God says, even though we see all kinds of foolishness all around us and people are leaving. But where are the folks that still going to say, for God I live and for God I die? Now we get to the verse. He says in verse 7, have nothing to do with these people. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Mm. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, Train yourself to be godly. Uh, do you know, uh, let me come back to that. Godless myths are things that people just say off the top. Old wives' tales are, are things, uh, that's a term that we use sometimes that really reflects things that have been passed down in our traditions that ain't based on nothing. But we accept this truth. Like you can't walk down the street and split a pole. Ooh, that's bad luck. You better watch out. Like a black cat. Ooh. Call the SPCA, the black cat in my yard. Like you can't have your Christmas tree up in two years. So you got people New Year's Eve taking the Christmas tree down because it can't be in the next year. Like you got to eat black eyed peas. Yeah. 
The Bible says you got to eat black eyed peas on New Year's Day. That must be in Juviticus. I don't know where that is. I ain't seen. So what we have done is that there's some things that we must admit. Let's just be honest. It's just us. It's just us. And a few thousand watching online worldwide, but it's just us. Um, we got to admit that there are some things that we have been told that have been passed down in our families that ain't true. But you better not tell grandma it ain't true. Go outside and get that switch. Y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Paul says you better be careful because there are a lot of things that have been told to us that have been passed down from one generation to the other that has no basis on truth. I don't know who said you can't split a pole. I don't know why the black cat get the problems. I don't know who said we got to eat black eyed peas. But somebody has held on to these traditions and you going to hell if you don't follow. White shoes at the Labor Day, is that enough? Paul says, here it is, y'all. I'm ready to go now because I really want to. I really want to get to this. It says, "Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly." So, watch this. Are y'all ready? The reason why we aren't operating in what God has given us is because. We ain't trained for it. Um, there is a difference between exercising and training. Uh, doctors will tell you as long as you exercise for 20 minutes a day, three days a week, you will see benefits in your health. That is statistically true and generally speaking. You know why? Because some exercise is better than none. But exercising and training ain't the same. Shannon, I need you to stand, please. Shannon, stand up real quick. Uh, Shannon uh, blesses us every Saturday. Because she offers fitness for anybody that wants to come on Saturday mornings and she works them out. Y'all give Shannon a hand, right? But watch this. Her title is not fitness exerciser. Her title is fitness trainer. Because the difference between exercise and training is when you exercise, you go to Planet Fitness on your own. And you do the treadmill for half a mile, an hour, real slow, whatever it is you're going to do. <laughs> and after five minutes, you get off and say, whoo, I'm tired, I don't exercise. But if you go to her, 
She's not interested in just doing exercises with you. This is the difference between exercising and training. Training has a goal in mind. The goal is what you want to become. And the trainer's responsibility is to create a plan for you to follow so you can get to where you say you want to be. That ain't just exercise. That is, I see myself at a different place than I do right now. And I need her to tell me how do I get there. See, this is the reason why so many of y'all, you can sit down now, Shannon. Thank you so much. She's doing a great job. This is the reason why so many of y'all got memberships to everything and ain't lost no weight. You got Planet Fitness Platinum card and you still the same weight. How is that? Because in your mind, you think, if I just exercise, I'm good. No. If you want to lose weight, you got to train. And what training does, in the, in the Greek word here of training is gymnazo, where we get the word gymnasium. So if you want to train, you got to be in the gym working because uh, the word trained here is to cause someone to have benefit through discipline. Training involves discipline. And discipline ain't beatings. Discipline is learning how to do what is right consistently. See, the reason why exercise don't work is because when it get cold, you say, I ain't going. <laughs> if I look in the sky and see one half of a cloud, I ain't going outside. But the reason why you need Shannon is because Shannon is going to lovingly tell you, get up and come see me so you can create the discipline of working out consistently until you get to your goal. And Reverend Person, you ready for this? This is my revelation. This is what the Lord showed me. We have too many people in church that only exercise. Because you think, if I just show up whenever, If I just pray whenever, if I just read the word whenever, that's going to lead me somewhere. If it didn't lead you anywhere with your weight, then how do you think it's going to lead you somewhere in your walk? Paul did not say here, Reverend Person, uh, do not listen to godless myths and old wives' tales but rather exercise, he said train. And what I have concluded, Reverend uh, Pretlow, is that there are more people in church that like to exercise than there are people who are training to be godly. Because if you are training to be godly, 
I ain't got to tell you to read your Bible. If you're training to be godly, I ain't got to tell you to come to church. I ain't got to tell you to wave a hand. I ain't got to tell you to give God praise. I don't have to tell you to, to help somebody. I don't have to tell you to join a ministry. I don't have to tell you to be kind because if that's the goal, you should be doing it by now. I feel it in here, ladies. And so here's what we do. In our minds, um, and this is the old wives there, if I just come to church, I'm good. Let me just show up. Let me pay my respects to God with the hope that he's going to bless me this week. But let me ask you, Shannon, can anybody lose weight working out an hour and a half, one day a week. <laughs> Help me, Shannon. Is there any fitness program that tells me you can lose weight, all you got to do is work out one day a week for an hour and a half? It don't exist. But we think God going to bless us if we come to church once a week. And we don't do nothing else. Because as long, what I realized, Shannon, is not just physical exercise, too, because if you're going to train, you also have to train including your diet. You can't train your body on the outside if you're not taking in what's right. So while you came up in here today, what sites were you on before you got here? So what you're doing is you exercise. That's what you're doing. You're on the treadmill one mile, half a mile. Because you want to check the box to say you went to the gym. That's why you're not using what you have. Because you ain't training. You exercise. And there's a difference. So this is why for the 40 days that we're about to enter into, I'm challenging all of y'all to come up with a goal or goals that you want to be at by the end of the 40 days or else this right here just becomes exercise every Sunday. Because you know what? You know it's the right thing to do. Just like you know going to the gym is the right thing to do. But you still don't do it. So let me ask you a question. If you ain't training to be godly, then what are you getting out of this? And see, here's where the enemy will mess with us. Because some exercise, Shannon, will make you feel better. If you go outside and you walk a mile every day on your pace, you'll feel better. And the enemy will have you to believe, yeah, just keep coming to church. You'll be all right. And you leave church feeling empowered, inspired. I feel good. But are you training? Most of us are not. Most of us just like to exercise. What you want to get out of this? That's the first thing that Shannon does when she sits down with a client. Tell me your goals. Or is the goal just to come on Sunday? Tell me your goals for your marriage. 
What are the goals for your money? Is this why you keep being broke? Because you ain't got no goals? You just exercise. I get a check and I pass it on. So let me help y'all. Paul says here, um, don't get caught up in godless myths and old wives' tales, but train yourself. Notice who he said, yourself, to be godly. So if I take that verse and I connect it with the verse for the year, but his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So I have all the equipment, Shannon, I need. I got a weight room already. He gave it to me. He gave me a fitness machine, treadmill, gave me everything. So then how come I'm not losing weight? It's not because I don't have the fitness equipment. I got it already. It's because I ain't trained right. Don't get caught up in godless myths and old wives' tales, but discipline yourself to be godly. Verse 8, here's the benefit of why. He says, physical training is good and has some value. Yes, it does. Why do doctors and trainers want us to exercise? Because it lowers your blood pressure. It reduces stress. It clears your mind. It causes you to sleep better. Physical training has some value. But godliness has value. In all things. Being connected with God has value everywhere I go, in every circumstance I'm in, in everything I'm dealing with. And while you're spending so much time trying to make your body look good, how much time are you spending trying to make your soul? You got to stand in an appointment every two weeks. What you doing with your soul? Physical training is good for some things and has some value. But at some point, this body going to break down. And when the body breaks down, what's inside of it that's going to keep me going when the shell goes down? But godliness has value in all things. Put it back on the screen so they can see it. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. Which means if I train to be godly, no matter where I am, I'm going to be all right. This is a true, verse 9, this is a true and trustworthy statement that should be accepted fully by everybody. In verse 10, Paul says, this is why we labor. This is why we strive. This is why I come to church. This is why I join a ministry. This is why I pray. This is why I share my testimony. This is why I look out for others because I want to be godly. 
and most of us don't. Most of you don't want to be godly. And never considered being godly. You just want to be you. Do you realize that God did not send his son for you to just keep being you? Not the you you used to be. I need y'all to understand, man. Y'all got greatness in you. And what I love about 2 Peter is that his divine power is given us, not me, the pastor, all of us. You got it too. You got the power to be godly so that no matter what comes, I'm holding on. You got it. But you ain't training. You exercise. And exercise ain't enough to get you where you need to go. You got to train. So what I want you to leave with today, and I know I ain't get a whole lot of amens, so Devon, just play one key so they can say amen. Just play one key, Devon. You just play, play, where Devon at? Somebody get Devon. KJ, you play a key. Just hit a key. Somebody play. Devon, Walter, thank you, somebody. Just play a key. Just play one key, because... Good. Now, somebody say amen. amen. All right, you got your amen today, all right? Now, what I want y'all to do, I want y'all to sit with this. And I really want you to think about where do I want to be? What's your goals with this? Is it just to sing? Is it just to pray? Is it just to come? No. Your goal should be, I want to be godly. So I come to church because I need church to help me deepen my belief and deepen my commitment. I go to Bible study so I can learn more about how to use what I already got. So I can deepen my belief and deepen my commitment. I join a ministry because I want to learn how to celebrate with others those who got the same power I got. That's how this works. By his divine power, he has given us. For what kind of life? Don't count on godless myths. In old wives' tales, rather train yourself to be godly. Let's all stand. In the name of Jesus, I want to intercede now. For our congregation, God, because for so many of us, we're operating in spiritual exercise mode. As long as I show up, as long as I put forth some effort, that should be enough. But God, by the Holy Spirit, you gave it to Paul. You didn't tell Paul to just exercise. You said that we needed to train.
to be godly. So God, I pray that for each of us today as we leave and examine ourselves heading into this 40-day consecration, that God, it is our desire, it is our hope, it is our belief, it is our life purpose that we develop a stronger belief in you and a deeper commitment to you because we know that godliness is valuable in all things and in all areas. So God, give us that conviction as we start this 40-day consecration next week. And I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost will fall on each of us in new and fresh ways. In Jesus' name. For those of you that want to receive Christ, for those of you that want to join our church, and for the visitors that came today, I'll be standing up front to, to welcome you. And for the rest of us, let us leave today and give some careful examination about what goals, what things do we want to get out of this experience that we call church. Thank you for this time today, God. Now, God, may your grace, your peace, and your power keep and sustain us all. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. Tell your neighbor, put that work in. Let us D through G. Come on up to the front. The deacons want to meet with you. D through G.
Welcome back. We thank you again for worshiping with us this morning. And we hope that something was said, something was done, or a song was sung that helps your spirit be better prepared for your week. Remember, we stand on those three things, love, grow, and serve. And prayerfully, that was illustrated today in our service. If you want to know more of who Ivy is, download our Ivy app, follow us on social media, or go to our website. Again, we thank you, and we pray that you have a blessed week. Love, grow, and serve.